2: Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil Ranger Chemist Warehouse, now starting from 1869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit
1: koganmobile.co.nz.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
1: 6 o'clock this morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome to your Wednesday. Might just turn that down a little bit there, Joe. Four minutes past six. Plenty going on in the midweek hump day session here. S-E-N-Z. Great to have your company, Izzy. Still on Fiji. Kempi sitting shotgun. I hope you didn't spend too much time online yesterday, Kempi, because, uh, while well, you had them in
0: Fits, is that right? Yeah, no, mate. I, d- I actually didn't spend any time online when I left here. I uh, I ended up going and looking at a few cars. and thinking about changing my car and test drive a few cars. And um, caught up with my son, and then I caught up with a mate who um, just happened to be walking past. It was actually quite a quite a good day. Um, I didn't even have a look at one social. So it went crazy, did it?
1: Oh, just the classic, the never failing to get people in absolute vortexes, warriors, (laughs) and the Ali Katoa story, some very true passages of uh, radio that were published online that you you spoke yesterday, Kempi, around exactly what the warriors were doing, where they were going and their recruiting and their development pathways, and do you know what, I'm actually being a bit tongue-in-cheek, I I always love going to check out the comments for our segment, Kempi. Kimpie reads Mean comments. Yeah, yeah. And there was actually a lot of people saying I've been saying this for years. Although when they agree with you, have you noticed that they don't say Kimpie, yeah, you're
0: right? <laughs> oh, look, look like we, we do that because people have an opinion. I oh, look, I everyone else has an opinion as well, so I, I get that whether they whether they they give it to me or not, I don't really care. Um but the, the stuff yesterday, like the Warriors have really got me going. Like it's really fueled my juices in and around what's happening in rugby league in this country. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time yesterday thinking about rugby league. Like mm. where are we? You know, what are we doing? What's going on at the top level? What's going on with sport? What, we, what does it look like in the future? I actually had lots of league chat going yesterday around the country. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly think that the national body are doing a very, very bad job. Um, you know they won't talk to the people in the game. There's nepotism at the at the top, and and a lot of funding that's been spent in wrong um, areas. And I think that's where the start of the the issue is. And the relationships between the Warriors and the NZR Rugby League and uh, is getting better with the Auckland Rugby League uh, is a massive issue. And on, and when you start to think about that and talking to you know talking to my good mate Clinton Tooby yesterday on online because he made a comment based around. Why are, why are they letting this kid go? you know and, and you've got to sort of take that tongue and cheek because here's a here's a kid that, if you think about it from Toops's perspective is exactly the same kid at least Kotoa was who wanted to to come and be a warrior and play for the club and give his heart to it. Um, and we got talking like we just got text you know, texting each other and talking about stuff and why do you, and he's got really deep and you know, I caught up with wideangi Korpu yesterday. Um, to, talk, to talk about warriors stuff again, and what what happened was that. See, I knew these kids when they were in their mid twenties. Now they're in their uh, late thirties, early forties. They've started to to become a little bit more balanced and thoughtful. And some of their comments, I was just I was talking about Clinton. Like Clinton said something to me yesterday. He said. Like he he didn't just throw something out there. He basically, well, I I think this is a great question when you throw back to someone. Why do you think that? And he sent it back to me, and I I was like, whoa, man, that's not the Clinton I used to talk to when you you know, had your coolio hairdo and you know talking about why your why your forms up, why your forms down stuff. And he threw that back at me, and I and I actually had to think, and I went, well, here's what I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden we were having this conversation, so. Yeah, mate, the rugby league thing. Although I didn't see anything on the social yesterday, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this. Well, you live and breathe it. Yeah, I'm, mate, I'm passionate about rugby league, so um, yeah, it's, I don't need to read what people are reading online because I form my own opinions. They're mine, and I form them on what I see and what I know. And letting Elise Kator go is a poor decision. Yeah,
1: and um, Clinton Toopy, you speak about him. He's look his his comment that he posted on the Warriors page, not hiding from anyone.
0: Was it? See, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah.
1: From his personal Facebook page. And we've got Clinton on tomorrow's show, which might not be a show, which probably isn't a show, but because we've got the Black Caps West Indies live commentary here on SCNZ. Very excited to be able to bring you that. Our first tour to the Caribbean in eight or so years. We will still be posting podcasts. We're going to go catch up with Clinton after the show today, record a podcast with him, drop that tomorrow. I I'll, let I'll, you know exactly what he said. I still believe this kid, talking about Ali Katoa, is one of the best at the Warriors who has shown a lot of glimpses of Lau Ititi and homegrown junior Caps. Absolutely gutted he's lost to a rival in our club, but a great one in the Caps Storm. He's not even reached his potential. He became one of the best in the game in two years. Sad we are continually sign athletes from afar. I understand that that's the nature of the game, but it doesn't have to be. There you go. There's that, that nature, that questioning nature. Does it have to be? We should aim to be 55%, 65% players, homegrown in the squad. I feel we lose way too many who could easily be a strong core to the successes of the club. Wish you all the best in your footy jo- journey, Katoa. No like malicious intent just passion that's from a guy who wore the jersey with so much pride
0: look that's the first time I've heard that in its entirety and just breaking it down really quickly in my head like the first part of it a motive yeah and, and get it that he's really gutted but what he says about the 55 to 65 percent players homegrown is the development model in and around how we can get that right, and then bring players to this club. And historically, if you look at the two grand finals that they went to, because I did that last night, 2002, 2011, we had homegrown talent, very good homegrown talent. And at the moment, we're we are more likely to let the good homegrown talent go or lose them before they get to the club, than develop them. And that's where the that's where the real issue lies, you know. And when you're looking at the, you know, the 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 happenings at Warriors headquarters, which is weekly. The reason why we talk about it is because there's something that com- comes in weekly. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we're digging up and, and regurgitating. We're having a story break weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, he- for me, headed in this this decision-making that is trying to buy a competition. The Warriors will never buy a competition. No, can't compete. Well, hist- history tells us that they can't buy a competition, mm-hmm. but they can Develop their own talent, as do most of the other NRL clubs when they come over and take our talent, and develop our own talent, and then create a team that can get into a grand final.
1: The blueprints here, Kempe, you a part of it at the start of the century. I'll give you one comment. I'll give you one comment. <laughs> Break it to me. Sean Spooner tags his mate at Jeremy Chapman. So shout out to Sean Spooner and Jeremy Chapman. The beauty of social media is your names are right there. Imagine if Kemp, Buzz, and Kenty had their own platform. Be like watching reruns of Coronation Street omnibus on a Sunday. Ha
5: ha ha ha
0: ha! <laughs> Actually, I love Coronation Street too. I got a great story about that. Um, but yeah, look, look. I again, like I've always said, you know, whether you're reading or it or not, it, it um, <laughs> you are reading it, it is making making headlines, and people are taking notice.
1: What we're going to do later on in the show, we'll, we'll keep this going, Kempe, don't worry. We will get through this. We're going to chat to Trevor McEwen, who actually has been CEO of the club back at the turn of the century, wasn't it? Early, maybe 2000, 2001, from memory. He um, has had a lifetime in media. He's had a lifetime in sports media, Ball, administration, know, governance. governance. Administration,
0: yep. he's, uh, he's been on the... This, the uh, board of Surfing New Zealand as well just recently. Turned that around. Um, good bloke, Trevor. Obviously works in the media too, so he understands what's going on. I'm actually looking forward to it because one of the questions I want to ask him is about media mm-hmm. and how the all-black uh, media train is handling this current situation because he's been through it all. you know, Each side. Trevor, Trevor's a he, good surfer, mate. You know, for bloke, he's on the other side of 100, 450, um, still pumping it out there in the waves. But he's actually been through it all. So it'd be really good to get someone that sees it and knows it because he actually knows it and and what his actual thoughts are on. What do you think about the media, mate, currently? How is it being handled?
1: Yeah, completely agree. So we're going to do that after 8 o'clock. Then after Trevor, we're going to get you to come through on the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800 And we're going to ask you, what do you think of the state of sports administration right now, especially with a focus on the Warriors and the All Blacks? I know lots of you love making the Mark Robinson joke. Well, let's talk about it. And let's do it with you later on in the show. After seven o'clock, he's been, would you call him a breakout star? Justin Nelson? I mean, he's been around for a while. He's not—he's not as old as Trevor, but he's—he's um, <laughs> he's been doing great things for basketball and Aotearoa for years. But hoops heads has been just such a success here on ECNZ, and tonight we have the elimination games of the sales NBL the final series begins at Event Finder Stadium up here in Auckland Justin Nelson has been on the pulse of this competition I know personally he's so proud of this competition we're going to talk to him about basketball we have so much of you on double eight double three your texts are steaming in already um, someone wants to know and I don't know whether this is a, a troll question or not it probably is Kimpy the 2004 Warriors
0: versus the current Wars, what happens yeah uh, We won, hundred percent. Actually, we won easy too, because that is a totally different side back in two thousand and four. The problem with the two thousand and four side is that we prepared them poorly in the off season because Ando wanted to go big in the in the. I don't know if I've told you the story, but we were going so well that he decided in two thousand and four that we were going to blow people off the park with our size. And if you do your history uh, lessons. You'll read articles from players saying that they used to come to training and be fed bacon and egg sandwiches as opposed to training. And um, I had a conversation with our trainer then. His name's Kier Henson. He's high performance uh, director for Nepal New Zealand at the moment. Maybe kids knows Keir Henson, but he was our scientist at the Warriors at the time. He's just starting out at a university. I went to him and said, Mate, guarantee you, we don't need to be big. We need to be fit. That's why we're winning. You need to go and convince the, co- the coach, the head coach, that he's got this one wrong. Well, he. Care was a little bit soft back then and wouldn't talk to Ando about it. It wouldn't that we didn't have a good team. It's just that when we came out in that first game against Brisbane, and again, if you read the comments of the players, they said after the first ten minutes they couldn't breathe, and we carried that for the rest of the season. So when you talk, when you when you're trying to um, compare that team that went to the 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 major the grand final, the major semi final the year before was the same team, uh, they were just unfit. If they were fit conv- and compared against this team. They would give him a hiding.
1: Messages screaming in already Kemp, you a great anecdote there. Uh, the worry should be sold to Tony Kemp. What happened to the Southern Bears? Let's sign Geordie, Nani, and Zahn and get to it, Uncle. Um
0: <laughs> I love the South Island. Like we should we'll get a couple of mates down there. On, on um Mark Nixon. Remember Mark Nixon? Mark Nixon works as a security guard um a customs officer in at the airport at uh, across your chairport. Really? and you'll you'll see him you'll see him when you go down there because you go down there quite a bit and Nico if you're listening make sure you pull Louie up you'll you know, check out the you miss me. check massive, out the SENZ the breakfast team and you'll see Louie but he's a Kiwi mate he's an ex Kiwi he was my understudy and he hates that <laughs> he hates that. <laughs> that he was my understudy in the Kiwi team but he's he, we were in the Kiwi juniors together the Kiwi team together and a great bloke to talk to about footy we'll get him on and we'll talk to him about that stuff as well <laughs> that sounds great we'll talk plenty of rugby union
1: throughout today as well someone's come through here morning south africa winning by 13 plus was great for the 50 dollars bonus better one on friday three dollars 30 so thanks for that but definitely time that the team of five million all know the coach is going just how big the payout, payout is from nzr makes me question yeah not sure who that is sending that text but I do wonder as well. And Richie says, well, this is left, this is from yesterday, actually. A little bit off topic, but not really. Geez, I'm glad we've had the Commonwealth Games over the last week and a half. We've had athletes and results to celebrate. Imagine if there had been no Commonwealth Games. As the last caller said, yesterday this is. Talkback would have been all about horror shows, the All Blacks and the Warriors. Yep, the Commonwealth Games were fantastic to celebrate. They,
0: the, they call that running a screen. Richie? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't...
1: Yeah, I don't know how deep the conspiracy runs that we had the best ever Commonwealth Games just so we weren't talking about
0: the <laughs> Olympics. No, just well, in Jacinda dune, come out and said it yesterday. Heaping praise on high-performance New Zealand sport who are under a bit of pressure at the moment. Yeah, they are.
1: Administrators everywhere they are under a lot of pressure. Um, here's a text come through from Nick in Hawke's Bay. And, yep, Nick, oh, I'm glad you've sent this message. More RIP Taiki. Yanagida, much love to the whanau. Mm. Yeah, much love to the racing whanau. Um Confirmation last night that, or yesterday, that uh, Taiki's passing and it's going to affect a lot of people. We'd been um, on life support in Waikato Hospital there f- since last Wednesday, that terrible fall at Cambridge. We'd spoken about it on this show a few times and we knew it wasn't great. Uh, he fought so, so bravely. But yeah. I mean, it's just a real brutal one, and uh, all he can do is just say a massive... send so much heart to his family, the racing industry family, the jockeys, Wexford Stables, Lance and Scotty, and um, everyone that was friends with him here in New Zealand. Sam Collett posted a... a, a Sam Collett, who's actually now part of the SEN family, funnily enough, posted a Instagram story yesterday where she, well, an Instagram post, and she shared a screenshot of Taiki messaging her when she was mm. packing up to move to Brisbane. And he just said, oh, you know, you're going to be fine. You're such a lovely person. Good luck for your future, Sam. There's not many of you, not many people like you here. And it just kind of, for me, it hit home with the sentiments of how nice of a guy and how good of a person Taiki Yanagita was and anyone that knew him was lucky enough to do so. Uh, so thinking of you all today, appreciate your message there, Nick and kim I know you um you'll probably echo that of Nick.
0: Aye, oh, yep. Yeah. Uh Mara e you know, like um, it's never a nice time when, when we lose our 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 athletes, our, our people. And Taiki's definitely one of our people here in New Zealand, especially if you're in the racing game. The racing game would be mourning today, um, and reflecting on another another um, good person that leaves us but um you know it's it is all it's really hard to find words in the, in these situations um other than just you know sharing our condolences our sincere condolences to his mum and sister that have traveled over from uh, overseas to, to be with their, their loved one uh, and just know that everyone who is associated with Taiki um, sends all of their aroha et out to Yeah, well said,
1: Kempe. All right, let's do our Can't Wait Question of the Day. After this, 21 minutes past six, here at the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Izzy and Fiji, it's Louie and Kempe getting you through till nine o'clock on SENZ. This
4: is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Can't Wait Question of the Day.
1: 26 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Welcome to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Right, can't wait question of the day. 0800-150-811 oh, Come through on the Ken phone line. You're going to want to play with this one. I know it. Absolutely know it. Because you were passionate about it. So were you, Kempy. Is a $25,000 and one game ban an acceptable punishment for a verbal lashing Of a player. And when we say a verbal lashing, I mean it was an absolute lashing.
6: You know, where Salmon kicked Tommy, he don't know And I've had history with that kid. I know that kid very well. He was a weak, gutted dog as a kid, and he hasn't changed now. He's a weak, gutted dog person now.
1: It always sounds bad, especially when he says when he was a kid. Ricky Stewart lining Salmon up. A $25,000 ban. uh, Sorry, $25,000 fine on a one-game ban. It just goes on his rap sheet. Is it acceptable, Kimby?
0: No, not at all. You know, like I'm trying to I'm trying to put a measure on this as and I guess the closest measure I have got a son and if I had someone say that to me, we well, wouldn't be talking about it. You know what I mean? It's nowhere in the world you'd disrespect my son like that. And I think you've got to take that into context. The the twenty five grand in the one game, mate. You might as well just said, "Get on with it." Seriously, it was—it's it, tokenism. I'm, but 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 when I saw that, when I saw that, I then thought, "Well, what's Canberra going to do?" Because that's the bigger question. What is Canberra going to? What is their CEO going to do with Ricky Stuart, given the given the fact that they've got kids coming into the club after he said that. And, you know, you've got to look a little bit deeper than that. If he's saying that about a 12-year-old kid, what is he actually saying to his team, his players? I completely agree, Kempe. And, like, that's for
1: Canberra to work out. But the NRL, and when you said you say the integrity unit, let's actually understand what the integrity unit's for, how can they let that happen at a press conference and then give the guy a one-game ban? He's going to come back in 10 days' time or whatever. He could do the same thing again if he wants.
0: Yeah, look, I think, I think the NRL operate, especially in the integrity unit, the judiciary, in a lot of fear a lot of fear of uh, reaction and, and the legalities of it all you know so, so, so players thinking that they've been unjustly and, and obviously coaches been unjustly um, penalised and then taking a, a a legal track down against the NRL and the NRL would, would probably um, not want to do that so I I seriously thought that that was probably Ricky Stewart gone for the year um, at least yeah Vossy agreed but to, to, to give him a a, they basically, you know, I used to have an art teacher. Used to have this piece of rubber, and you had your hand out, and used to whack you on the knuckles with it, <laughs> and it used to hurt. But it was a slap on the knuckles, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, literally. Remember, that, imagine if you did that at school these days, you get ah. deep, deep poo, mate. But well, Joseph, I, I think his corporal punishment
1: a could have done all right for the kitchen. I think. Now Joe reckons he's going all right. Did you ever get? Did you ever get smacked, Joe? Um, on the North Shore? Interesting question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, it was just surprising, right? I thought you might have been like um, one of those kids that just kind of had a gravy train.
6: It only happened once and it scarred me for life. And so my
3: mum never shouted at me ever again or did anything to me.
1: That's why you're so nervous. That makes it all just un unravel here on ECNZ at half past six this morning. Um, double eight, double three, 0800 150 Ricky Stewart, one game, $25,000. What do you think? Come through. Does it make sense? Can you justify it? And now if you Canberra, how do you react? Half past six, loveracing.nz and more of your texts here on NZR up after this on SCNZ. <laughs> ECNZ, we are 26 and a half away from six, uh, seven this morning. Great to have your company through. Until nine, we hand the car keys over to Ian Smith, the doyen. Um, text coming through. Mark's queried what about the fact that he actually, what he, the salmon actually did to Ricky's kid as a 12-year-old. Well, Mark, in my opinion, it's actually irrelevant. And that's not defending salmon at that time. It's not... Def- Defending Ricky, uh, it's not defending Sam at the time for anything he did, but I can't see in a world why how it would be appropriate to speak like that in an NRL press conference about someone all those years later, can be. I just I don't think it
0: actually. Mattered. Oh, look, I, t- I totally agree with you, Louis. I think you can't take the the context as, you know, Ricky's holding a a grudge. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a platform. He's in a, a profiled position and he's decided to bring something up that happened 10, 10 years ago 12 I don't know how how old salmon is but yeah, you know, 12 years ago, yeah 12 years ago so you know that that issue should have been dealt with 12 years ago and and we should be moving on we shouldn't be using something that's you know he's not a, he's not a 12 year old salmon um, and Ricky's still got this chip on his shoulder he shouldn't be using that platform to express that um, that grudge. And in, in, the, in the public arena.
1: Yep. No, I. And that's exactly my point, Kimpy. And Charlie, you're you're inquiring what the backstory is there for to the debacle in the first place as well. Again, like I don't necessarily even know if it, it matters overly. It's it's just what he did, Ricky was wrong. They've admitted it was wrong. He's admitted it was wrong. It's just another performance in a post match where the Raiders haven't played well. And if I was a Raiders fan, gee, I'd be pissed
0: off. See, so, like the the I think you. What I tried to say yesterday in the off the back fence was you have to take everything into consideration. The the fines are in the hundreds of thousands, um, and he has been known to be really volatile in and around that situation, especially post match um, conversations. If you re, if you read what the the kid Salmon actually wanted to reply in the Penrith in the Penrith press conference to the comment that was made, and he it was really good media by their by their uh, media managers to say no no reply. You know, you're best to stay away from this. And then there was another article that came out and said, well, he was looking at defamation. You know what I mean? So we're not talking about the NRL really panicking around stuff. Like, I don't know if this issue has been swept under the carpet because you don't know what the Seven family are going to do.
1: No, they could... might
0: not accept a $25,000 fine and a one and a one-match ban. They might say, well, I'm sorry, but you haven't looked after integrity. There is no integrity in your decision-making. Watch
1: this space. I, I think that's a really good point, Ken. Um Simon on double eight double three NZR can afford the payout of Foster's sacking after backing the box 13-plus last week. yes, Simon. Very pithy, Simon. Obviously, they would not have. Um, but I can, I can sense that there's a lot of building pressure here about... The, frustrate, the All Blacks and kind of starting to get these sorts of pithy comments and, um, yeah, the, it's bubbling away, that's for sure. Daz in Newcastle and Aussies. He, this is an interesting one. If Robertson gets the gig, this is back to the rugby, this weekend, is he allowed able to rename a new squad for the remainder of the rugby championship, or does he have to stick with Foster's squad? Thanks. Daz... My educated guess would be he cannot, and I'm pretty certain about that because you pick your squad, you pick your squad. It doesn't matter who your coach is. They're not gonna, the governing body of or SANZA isn't going to give the All Blacks a mulligan here, are they? So that is kind of in itself a really interesting question about Kempi, where they – and you don't think that they're going to make a change before the World Cup. You said that a couple of days ago. But if they were to make a decision here and Foster goes and Robertson or Schmidt comes in, would there be a bit of a period where Foster is the coach for the rest of the rugby championship, but you know he's not the coach? Because I don't know if you can make a change mid tournament.
0: Well, that depends on on who's going to take the position. You know, if Schmidt is number one, um, whether Razor, you know, is number one, that, that's. We're, that's pure speculation uh, you know it's like a I, I think you've got to realise is that it's it's not like like for like like Razor coming in and saying right I'm just picking up the, the the mantle here as coach and I'm going to change everything and we're going to start winning tomorrow that ain't going to happen that's you know and that's the, the point of him when he's deciding on on taking the role whether or not it's the right time for him to step into those um, those shoes and give himself the best chance of being a success at that role and if you're talking about Smith, who's already in there, whether they move sideways like they have done with with Ryan and bringing him in to to coach the forwards, move couple out, move someone in sideways, you know, move move Fozzi out, move Smith in sideways, it still doesn't really um, bode well for the for the World Cup. I think people need to take a long a longer term view at this. Do we have the team? Like when you're watching the side. Do we have the team that can go to the World Cup and win a World Cup? That's the question. And when you're talking team, you're not talking just players; you're talking coaching staff, you know, decision makers. I think that's the I think that's the bigger bigger issue. I'll just continually keep keep going back to it. He played his card, Henson. He if you go back and listen to that interview, he's played his card. He's basically told you what needs to change. He couldn't he couldn't sit there anymore. And just listen to all the noise. He had to make the comment. And if you listen um, in between the comments, he is basically saying it isn't just fuzzy. All right, There is a number of issues that need to be sorted out. And I think if Razor has really smart people around him, they will be telling him that.
1: Yeah, and we spoke about that yesterday, Kempy. If you want to go into detail to, to exactly around that discussion, um, you can go to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, our podcast channels, and catch out everything we did on the All Blacks yesterday. After 8 o'clock today, we'll talk to Trevor McEwen, a little bit about administration and where to here for both the Warriors and the All Blacks. All right, double A, double three, in today. Each way, all day, dollars the team from Didham Boys at the Stables. Are we just back in the Ditton boys all day? Is that what you're telling us, Ditton boys at the stables, or do you have one in particular? Love Racing.NZ is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Um, today it will be a sombre day down there at Rickerton. I The jockeys will have armbands on, no doubt, for Taiki Yanagida. It will be a day where he'll be in the forefront of everybody's mind, punters, jockeys, trainers, starters. Uh, Tim Mills and his team at Rickerton Jockey Club, no doubt, will be very conscious of that. But it is the and I guess this is the thing about racing, Kimpi. You're from well, you know, you're you're connected to the grassroots racing just doesn't stop. It is they're a resilient industry and they will go on and they will go on and go on. The Grand National hurdle today on the turf down there at Rickenden Park and Happy Star has taken cash after yesterday with Smithy I said he would be the pick of Kevin Myers' runners. Four eighty into three twenty. The rest of the races outside of the jumps on the synthetic. So this is quite an interesting one where this um, synthetic track really has become well, so much of a use that they can now keep the track and split it in two. So they're going to run the jumps races on the turf and the synthetic and all the flat races on the synthetic. Uh, and outside of the hurdle, I'm quite curious to see Savvy Man go around from Barrier 1 in race number six. Top weight over the mile but for Michael McNabb I think Savvy Savvy Man is quite a progressive um, horse I've been very patient with him the Pittmans Barrier 1 Savvy Man $4 there's money coming for other horses in the race so it's nice and even spread in that race Uh, race number 6 number 1 Savvy Man I'd be looking at Happy Star in the jumping race but I think it's fair to say everybody today at the track and around New Zealand and for the next wee while will be thinking of Taiki and his family. Loveracing.nz, nz, your mm. home for thoroughbred just a little, racing.
0: Just a little story on that, um, and you are dead right because they do—they're very resilient in that game. My, my dad passed away when I was twenty-one. I was in Newcastle, we were just about to go and play a game. I was hopping in the car to head to the bus, and got a phone call um, from my mum saying that my dad had passed away, and I was just so distraught, you know. Came home. And my, I just really loved my mum, you know, and I was just thinking, I was just made, it was my first year in first grade, and I'd just made first grade, and I was thinking, who's going to look after my mum? And I'd been up with my dad for three days. We'd come home, you know, he's lying in stayed state in her house and sitting there going, man, I've got to give legal away. I've got to look after my mum, you know what I mean? And um, I hadn't slept for three days, and I, I didn't... <laughs> didn't have much facial hair, but had a little bit of facial hair, and I was looking a bit rough, and I went downtown, and I was um, by that stage I hadn't seen Alan. And I bumped into Alan downtown, and he looked at me and he said, mate, you need some sleep, like that. And I was like, yeah, man, just can't stop thinking, you know, um, thinking about probably throwing it all in. And he went, mate, come on, got to get up again tomorrow, life goes on, got to go and deal with your dad, and then you've got to get back to Newcastle. And in that instance, it gave me a, like a, real, a, real, a check on reality as a 21-year-old kid, and i got to thank him for that because at that stage, my career could have ended. And what I'm saying about you know when you're going through these sad times is that, yes, we've got to deal with the grief, but then life still goes on. We've got to get on with it.
1: Yep, and look, the Sharrick boys, Alan and Bruce, C of New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing and just everyone involved in the game are taking this so seriously. There's so much support out there. I think everyone would encourage you to speak if you haven't been struggling with this at all. It's not going to be easy for a lot of people that knew Taiki, but just make sure you talk talk to somebody. 17 away from 7. All right, let's move on. 0800 150 Quizzy Dag is coming right up. Quizzy Dag is coming right up. So give us a call to take on the Kemp Master. Willamette Travel is going to get somebody to the Boost Mobile 500. You win, you go in the draw. Simple as that. 0800 150 811. It's Quizzy Dag, give it a
7: go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the (laughs) go-go.
0: Never gets old, old Akadaka. And old mate Fiji and Izzy Dagger singing it out there. We're off to the mobile... 500 on the Gold Coast. Uh, only three weeks to go, Louis, I think it is, before we draw that uh, that name out of the hat to join us uh, for that trip. I'm oh, hoping that Hutchie's, join us. Hope that Hutchie's listening. Hey, Hutchie, join us. Get the us right. Anyway, we're going to go to the lines here. We've got the first caller. Let's go to Tony in Auckland. Morena, Tony. Morena, Uncle. Morena. It's actually funny saying the same name, Tony. But, yep, OK. Got to do it. More than a bro. More hey. We're going to go first question. Which NBA team is Sean Marks the general manager of? Oh, um, Sean Marks. He's been he's been given oh, um, Nick. Good man. Good man. Got that right. You'd get this one. How much money did Ricky Stewart get fined for his weak, gutted dog comments? Not enough. Twenty five grand. <laughs> That's, uh, I love it. Which EPL team does Cristiano Ronaldo play for? He's played for a few. Which EPL? EPL, English Premier League. right
8: oh, yeah. Ronaldo. Oh, I oh, would um agree. Oh. a guess. Five.
0: Oh,
8: my they taught them.
0: Oh. <laughs> Lucky time. Call again, mate. Call a popo. We're going to go to David and Palmerston North. Morning, David. Yeah, morning, Uncle. Morning, Louis. Morning, morning, morning. That's that we have Tony <laughs> first, and we have David. That's my brother's name, actually. Uh, calling up second. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to question number three. Which EPL team does the great man, the fit man, Cristiano Ronaldo play for? Kez's
6: Kiz, um, team. Um, oh, no, Manchester United.
1: Yes. Yeah, Kez love man, on, That's on, well man. Kez. it's his side well done, Kez. Yep.
0: Let's go. Question number four. Which city will the All Blacks take on the Springboks this weekend?
6: Oh, God. Um, is it Ellis Park?
1: That's where the stadium is. Famous. Oh. city. But the question is, is it city. It? city. City. Yeah.
6: City. Um, oh, God. Take a guess. Um, take
0: a guess. There's only two in your mind. Uh, Pick one out. Yeah, I know. Johannesburg? That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew there was a couple there. I no, knew there was a down. couple there, but you got it. All right, last one. This is going to the draw. <laughs> Name one of the English rugby league teams that I played for. Ooh. Oh.
1: Oh. Jeez,
0: Come on. man. Come on, He played
1: for pretty much all of them, oh. so let's take a guess. Oh, They're God. all in
0: Yorkshire. I'll give you that. They're all in Yorkshire. Oh,
1: where's Yorkshire? Where's
0: Oh, that's where Baz is oh. making a name for himself.
6: <laughs> oh, no,
7: I'll probably get it wrong
1: anyway, but it's probably...
0: Is it Leeds? Oh, boom. boom! That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good work, baby. Good oh work, mate. God. You're in the draw.
1: And David, because you're from Palmy, you did set love your supercars, don't you? Ah, uh, yes. Yep, sure. There we go. <laughs> I'll take it. Bull <laughs> petrol heads down there. Seven away from seven this way. That's Quizzy Dag Willamet travel now. David from P Naughty Palmerston North goes in the draw to head to the Boost Mobile Gold Coast Five Hundred. Kimpy's riding shotgun. Izzy's packing himself in the Fiji and luggage. And I might just hang on to the back of the Gizzers car. Back <laughs> with your messages after this to wrap up the hour. Seven away from seven. Coming up to 7am this morning, remember when Ricky Stewart was Australian coach and he attacked the ref in the hotel oh, after yeah. the Kiwis won the World Cup in 2008? That's from Jamie on the text One machine. of the
0: best nights of my life that, Louie. I, I remember it so well. I, I was meant to be over there. I was the high-performance contractor then for the NZRL. Mm. And um, I, I was doing other stuff and I was down the line and they said, you know, we'll fly you over and I was like, man, I'm not going to make it. So I ended up watching it at home with my daughter. Up and I had a up in my loft out at Coatesville, and I had a, like a big movie screen, you know, and I just put it on there and just a couple of beers and sat there. and I, I don't know if you remember the game, and it just got better and better and better. Mate, me and her stay, stayed up dancing until 2 o'clock in the morning. I remember the game very well. What about this
1: one from Ryan? A little bit of ooh. Have you seen the latest news around Isaiah Papali'i? Yeah, I have. Wanting to backflip on the Tigers deal, said he signed with Madge. He wants to head back home as he has been away from his girlfriend for two years, allegedly.
0: Oh, my God. That's ruined my off-the-back fence. But I'm going to leave it in there Ryan, because I'd put that in there. You oracle. Okay.
1: Don't miss Kempi's off the back fence just before 7.30 this morning. Don't miss Justin Nelson up after we get ourselves a McCafe coffee and here from Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand, some hoops with King Chief Hoops Head himself. Justin Nelson
4: after this. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
1: four minutes past seven o'clock. There he is in the building. The biggest dog of all of them.
0: Rick Dog. Happy birthday, do mate. Happy birthday, brother. Turned the. Are we allowed to say how old he turned? Turned 500 yesterday. Vampire, is he? Honestly? Been around for a long time. Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Dog
1: in with Smithy up after nine this morning. They'll be running it hard. They'll be running it straight. Running it straight is back today. From, From 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock with Sammy Hewitt and Sammy yourself.
0: Hewitt. Yeah, man, listen in. We, we possibly could have Cam Smith on the line. So if you're <laughs> wanting, to, wanting to listen into Running It Straight this afternoon between 3 and 4 with me and Sammy Hewitt, um, yeah, check us out. The
1: captain's Running It Straight. Do you know what I actually thought? We should do a Running It Straight male run mash-up
0: one day and call it the Male Running It Straight. I love it. You know, you, you would not believe this, but I was driving in this morning and I just thought, we've got to go to the Livermore. We've got, to take, we've got to take the show down there.
1: I've said this. I'm going to the Everest on the same day. Come on, mate. Can the Everest. Let's, let's sort the Sliver Mile out. What about, when, what about the Arrowfield? The, the, the Mile? The Middle Race? Well, yep, we can go to that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes past seven. S-E-N-Z, Izzy and Izzy and for breakfast. Uh, Izzy Dag sunning himself, and boy, go check sunning out his Instagram himself. page if you Pina want to.
0: Coladas. If
1: you want to see the life of luxury, it's not enough enough for the bloke to have a pool house at a pool at his house. He's got a pool and a resort in Fiji. What about the competitive
0: nature, too, having swimming races with all the locals? You know the locals? They're the, they're the guys who look out at the kids in the pool. then he's obviously said to him, B, I can beat you in a swimming race. Of course he has. <laughs> of course he has. Um, oh, that guy makes me laughers. Not a bad action as well, as he actually.
1: He was quite impressive getting through the water there. I wouldn't call, call him... The torpedo, but he's uh, not too far off. All right, later on this hour, we're going to talk plenty of sport update with what the Black Caps are doing. We'll hear a little bit from Sam Kane as well. He fronted media overnight. You, at this stage, you would call him embattled Captain Sam Kane as well, to be fair, but he is holding strong and. Next hour, Trevor McKeown, former CEO of the Warriors. We're going to talk administration. We're going to talk where sport's going in New Zealand. We're going to talk Warriors, All Blacks, maybe even high-performance sport with Trevor because he's across it all. But right now, oh, it's been a debut season to dream of. Hoops heads. It's just... I reckon star performer, rookie of the year, he's been around for a while, he loves the sport in New Zealand, Justin Nelson, he's on the line with us now, up early on a very busy day for basketball in Aotearoa, Morena, Justin, how you doing?
0: Hey,
3: very good morning. I am currently that creepy guy walking the corridors of Sky City trying not to wake people up.
0: Mate, make as much noise, <laughs> knock on the doors, mate. One of the things I used to love when I was staying at hotels was doing the runner, you know, knocking on the doors waking people up.
3: <laughs> uh, I love it. Hey, I mate, love it. thanks for
0: joining us this morning. Hey, so just tell us, what's led to the turnaround of the Taranaki years, my old team?
3: Oh look, it's it's a combination of things, and it, it probably goes back three to four years. It, it's been a work in progress, but you know the league has this competitive balance system, um, which is another you know fancy way of talking about salary caps. But all of that started a few years ago, and uh, it's it's evened the competition out. It really has. It, it's become such a competitive beast between teams who can now financially compete against each other on an even keel and. We're seeing the result of it play out before our very eyes. I mean, who would have thought the Ayers and the Giants go into the Final Six starting tonight, rank one and two? It's quite
0: amazing. Yeah, I, I thought the, I thought the well, just so that you know, I thought the Ayers would finish one or two, and I had a breakfast on it with Izzy, and if <laughs> Izzy's listening, he'll, he'll be paying for that. Um, but do you think that's what sort of has made the um, competition so competitive, is introducing the salary cap?
3: Yeah, look, there's no doubt about that. Uh, You know, what has happened is each team has the capability now financially of reaching the capacity of the salary cap. And as a result, uh, the talent spreads. And uh, when the talent spreads, you're going to get a spread of, uh, you know, competition amongst the teams. And, you know, no longer are we seeing the teams that can pay the most – Literally filling the top spots on the ladder and everyone else making up the numbers. I mean, the airs last season, I think, went 2 and 13 or something like that. Sorry, 2 and 15, you know, finished dead last. And now we see them finish top of the table for the first time in 30 years.
1: So they're on the precipice of the finals. And I love how the finals um, system runs, Justin. But just I'm curious around the salary cap stuff. That's all well and good, but you still need administrative staff and these franchises or these clubs to be able to then get the list and build the list that will be competitive. So, like, it's quite impressive that the even spread of off-court and front-office staff has clear, have clearly all done their jobs as well.
3: Yeah, and look, another key thing that the league did a couple of years ago is is they literally made it mandatory for every team to have a full-time GM. I mean, so many of these teams for decades had been run literally by uh, volunteers. So even to the extent that the league put money in to some of the teams that needed financial help uh, to get full-time administrators on board. And then of course, once you get full-time administrators on board and you go out and you get good administrators, the wheel keeps turning and you actually start to become better as a business. So again, it's been a work in progress. There's been some really good funding and, uh, and financial assistance from the league as it has grown commercially. Uh, it's all been about putting money back into the competition. And again, you know, we're seeing the results of it play out before our eyes.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. Like basketball's definitely leading the way, uh, not just on the court, but off the court as well. Uh, Justin, i you know, tip my hat to you guys. Just in and around, I, I watched a bit of it on telly and been to, been to a game out at the Tuataras and noticed some of the kids coming through, our good kids um, playing, the, the New Zealand kids. How, do, how have they shaped up against all the imports?
3: Yeah, look, it's incredibly exciting, and, and we probably started to see the first part of that back in 2020 when we had that very unique showdown. You know, the the, the league was the first hub anywhere in the world where uh, some might call it crazy, but we had seven teams move into Sky City for seven weeks and uh, and and play in that bubble, and we started to see the emergence of the young Kiwi talent really come to the fore. Uh, back a few years ago. And some of those kids have gone on and and become regulars in the competition. You know, over in the States, you know, there's something like 120, 130 Kiwi kids, um, young men and women, now playing at collegiate level. So I think you're going to continue to see over the next few years, a lot of these young New Zealanders, men and women into the NBL and the To'ihi, come back from collegiate basketball. So the rising talent is only going to get better.
0: What's and, what, and what's the reason by bringing the finals to Auckland?
3: Oh, look, I think it's a combination of things. We get great support up here from uh, from Auckland Unlimited, um, you know, Sky City, and, and all of those partners who have started to uh, really invest in basketball and grow with us. Uh, and it's a it's a great city. I mean, it's 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 a city where people love basketball. Um, there's a lot of participation up here, and. You know, we just certainly hope that they get out and, and come and enjoy four nights of, uh, you know, what is finals quality basketball. And it starts tonight with a double header, So you pay one price and you get to see two games. And they're two knockout games. So everything's on the line tonight.
1: Oh, it's, it's very exciting. And I know that uh, our fearless leader, Hachi, has, um, he's in New Zealand, has <laughs> Otago Nuggets, our Otago Nuggets. And they've done so well to qualify third there. That roadblock of teams on 20 points, um, Izzy's Hawks Bay Hawks, the Auckland Tuatara, the Wellington Saints, who were favoured to win it all, and then the Nuggets as well. I'm booked to be heading along on Friday night to the first semi-final, I guess it would be. Um, so I can't wait for that. But let's go through tonight's games. And if anybody wants a more detailed rundown, go to Hoopheads podcast channel on the SCNZ app and find um the show for the, the lads did from last night. But the Nuggets Hawks will Hutchie be. You know, getting what he wants, landing in New Zealand, visiting us Kiwis.
3: Well, I knew Hutchie was in town because uh, the uh, the odds on the Nuggets started to come down last <laughs> night, so I knew he was in town. He's out go! Uh, there you go. Look, it'll be it'll be great to catch up with him tonight, and he is he's a big fan of the league, and uh, certainly a huge fan of the Nuggets for obvious reasons. This this is a quality matchup. I, I think there's a lot of people who. Uh, look at the Hawks, who have finished sixth. Of course, it was a four-way tie, believe it or not, uh, between third, fourth, fifth, sixth, which is just unheard of. Uh, so they had to be separated by a mini ladder. And I won't even bore you with the details of what a mini, uh, a mini ladder looks like in basketball. But there's a lot of people riding the Hawks. They see the Hawks as a bit of a dark horse. I like the Nuggets. You know, I, I, I love what they've done uh, with their three imports. You know, Taj McCall... Uh, went back to the NBA or went over to the NBA for some tryouts mid-season, and they brought in this guy called Trey Boyd. Um, now, I can tell you I have received the Nuggets team list uh, earlier this morning, and they are at full strength tonight. So Todd Withers is back from injury. Keith Williams, who has flown under the radar, uh, the guy out of the, uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats, he uh, is back from uh, illness. So they are at full strength. Sam Timmins is there. Nico McCulloch's there. I love the guard combination of Nico McCulloch and Trey Boyd. I think the Nuggets are a massive chance in that first game. And let's not forget they finished third on the ladder. So they've had a good season.
0: Are we, are we going to hear a complaint from the Taranaki ears on the on the import um, and the roster coming in Mate, it's all fair
1: with this. Mate, don't <laughs> don't try and do that. The,
0: the Nuggets are paying a dollar sixty-five, and the
1: Saints are a dollar twenty-two. Now despite the Saints' slow start. And, jeez, if they get this done again this year, I mean, they're a famous club, aren't they? But what a season they've had.
3: Yeah, and, and look, I've, I've said uh, in recent weeks that if the Saints win it all this week, uh, and it'll be their 13th championship, mind you, in, in something like 41 years, Is it their greatest ever championship, given where they've come from? Now, in in 2019, they went 20-0. and I mean, that was the old league, and that's how one-sided it was. They went 20-0, and and they won the whole thing. Surely, if they win it this year, it's a better championship win, given the competition's stronger, it's tougher, it's harder to do, you've got salary systems in place, all that sort of stuff. Surely, it's better this season. My only question mark on the Saints... And they played the Tuatara tonight, who they beat by 18 points this time last week, or sorry, last, last Saturday night. Kimby's still and They've got Dara. a bit of form against... They've, <laughs> they've got a bit of form, the Tuatara. My only question mark on the Saints is in the last eight games, they've gone 7-1. and one. So they've been up and they've been on a tightrope the whole time. Staying on that tightrope in sport is incredibly hard to do. You know that there's going to be a letdown at some stage for the Saints and the Saints fans. They'll be hoping there's no letdown this week. But to win it all, they have to win three games in four nights. That's tough.
0: Yeah, no, it's the third game where they'll be let down when they're playing the Taranaki Ears <laughs> in the final. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on to the awards. The bell award winners, mate. you happy with Xavier's Cook, uh, Xavier Cook's uh, MVP?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was a race in three. It was Xavier Cooks, obviously, from the Saints. It was Javante Douglas from the Ayers, who's just had a brilliant season. And it was Jared West from uh, the Nelson Giants. Uh, I think certainly between Cooks and Javante Douglas, you could could raffle it. Um, I think the final voting, Douglas came in second and deservedly so. But, uh, yeah, look, Cooks has been outstanding. you, You go and watch this guy play. He just makes it look so effortless. I know through my commentary this year doing a lot of Saints games, I keep saying, you just see the look in his eye. He has this look in his eye, and you know at that exact moment, he is literally saying, give me the ball and get out of my way. And it is so much fun to watch.
0: Just before Louis asks you another question, I'm going to give you my MVP, and it's Aaron Bailey-Knoll. <laughs> for the yeah. Taranaki years at 41 yeah, Still playing yeah, yeah. and yeah. and filling in the gaps for that Taranaki is getting them into the finals, has to be yeah, close.
3: Like I, yeah, I, I, I love Arnie, forty-one, and announced his retirement before that huge game, uh, in New Plymouth last week. out on a Thursday night. I mean,
1: the, the fans. Not, nothing else to do in New and Plymouth, Justin. Don't don't <laughs> flatter them too much.
3: <laughs> they were going bananas uh, that night, and uh, and Aaron Bailey. And I, look, he'll be hoping that he has another couple of games in him and. I call him the grappler. I think he's the best grappler <laughs> in the cells. He comes from Tatumaki, mate. Time. Of course he does.
0: We invented it.
3: <laughs> Anytime any player goes near him, it's going to end up in some sort of grapple as they lock arms and fall to the floor. I, I, I love it. I love the way he goes about it. He's been doing it for so long and just a magnificent guy to have a chat to as well.
1: Oh, you're primed for the call tonight. Uh, so excited to be able to listen in on SCNZ to basketball. Do you know what? I think... I'm taking a guess here, but I reckon, what are we, 2022? I reckon the Breakers commentary stopped on Radio Sport maybe in 15 or 2014. So that's how long we haven't had basketball commentary on the wireless in New Zealand for. And they were amazing. Those commentaries used to be so fun, and it's so great to be able to bring it back on SCNZ. And just to clarify, Justin, so it goes two games tonight. Uh, day yep. off tomorrow, is it? Friday? No,
3: no, no, no. So, no. so two games tonight. So it's third v6, fourth fifth tonight, and they're straight knockouts. So whoever loses, pack your bags. You've got one night left staying at Sky City. Get out of town, right? So they're done. Tomorrow night, uh, it's the Giants. Sorry, it's the Ayers. The Ayers playing the lowest-ranked loser from tonight's game. So if the Hawks beat the Nuggets, for instance, and, and you know, I know you guys are contractually obliged. You're pull over, <laughs> so we don't want to talk about that. But um, if that happened, it would be the Ayers against the, uh, Ayers against the Hawks. But the Ayers play tomorrow night in their semifinal. On Friday night, the Giants play in their semifinal against the highest-ranked winner from tonight. And then Saturday night is the winner of the two semifinals. So the Ayers... Uh, because they're ranked one, have the absolute best run oh, through to the grand final. Can't they get lose. to play semi final.
0: Can't lose. On. Get on.
1: They can't lose. Get on. Kimpy will be there tomorrow <laughs> with King Capici on the mic,
0: rapping away. Oh, no I doubt. Love it.
1: He, he, you'll be there, Kimpy. There's oh, no excuses sure. now,
0: mate. No, no. i actually, I'm actually handing out the trophy. Oh, righto. Justin,
1: <laughs> we've been absolutely honoured to have you on the show this morning. You're a great man. Enjoy the finals. You've laid it out beautifully for us. We're fired up here at uh, S E N Z so appreciate your time, buddy.
3: Hey, good on you guys.
0: There you go. God, he's a champion, isn't he, Mate, he just all the knowledge, all Unbelievable. the fizz. He just he built it up. He's got me excited now. Kiz has offered me a ticket and might have to take it. So, Kiz, are you, is Kiz, Joe, are you Kiz going
1: tonight? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely 100 percent I don't know how but we're, we'll probably get free tickets from someone uh <laughs> you know I mean I don't mind paying. obviously it's worth paying for but yes, I, I'd rather not you know kids have you done the uh, rounds around the boot about around the CNZ traps mate? Right?
4: I've actually got a bit of breaking news on that Louis. just uh speaking to Justin on the line then and he's uh he's hooking it up for Joey boy and I so we're, we're hitting along we hit the long baby
7: Get up the nuggets! Get up the nuggets! Hachi, Hatsy,
4: we're coming, mate.
1: Coming. We're there.
4: The we're kitchen's there. on the road. We're there. Shout out to Justin!
1: What a Ah, uh, there you go, Kimpy. You'll be there tomorrow night, obviously.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the uh, they've got the motivational speech coming up. Got to write one. Get there to the boys. You know. Ride him home. Yep. So I'm non-committal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do everything. Yeah, oh, of course take, you can. take one day off.
1: You're Superman. 22 22 minutes after seven. Who are you tipping to win the Sales NBL? What a competition it's been. The
4: years. Who Come are you on. tipping?
1: Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Go to the game tonight and see if you can do some celebrity spotting. The kitchen on the road, like the White Lady. 22 minutes after seven. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Back with Off The Back Fence after this.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Off
1: The Back Fence with Tony Kemp.
0: While the All Blacks enjoyed the Com Games running cover for them over the past 10 days, the Warriors now move into their slipstream and enjoy riding in the shadows of the All Blacks' issues while they continue to fumble their way through 2022. The burning question remains, when will the carnage stop? Not only are they losing on the pitch, but losing players, losing coaches and losing fans is something the club seems to do weekly. The latest brainstorm was to let Elise Katoa get snapped up by the storm, apparently because there was no place for him and too much depth in the back row. Really? I'm really confused because this week he's named on the bench. What I'm wondering is what's next? Will Andrew Webster convince SJ to stay and win a premiership next year? Will Adam Fanua Blake ask for a release before the end of the year? Or will we see a sire Papali'i return for mega dollars after being told like Elise Katoa that there was no place for him at the club? Written last night, and given to us by one of the punters this morning on the text machine. So, I've got something to say. One thing is for sure, Louis, that the fans are becoming wary of what's happening down at Warriors headquarters. And this story is far from over.
1: Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Chance clock stag Kempi. The big signing for next year. After he walked out of Mount Smart. Because he couldn't find form and it wasn't working for him. Sean Johnson, is he going to stay for another premiership? Well, if you believe reports out of Australia, him and Webster have already had that conversation or him and the club have already had that conversation. And after thoughts of retirement, he's going to stay on for one more year. Does that one turn into three? Is there another contract after that? Don't know. But the points you raise... It is doldrums. It is so hard to stay positive. And I don't like being accused of piling on because it's not a pile-on. We do our job, and when sports organisations can't get out of their own way and shoot themselves in the foot, what do we do? We point it out, and we ask for your opinion on double eight double three 0800 150 811. It's not a pile-on, Kimpy. if there is ammunition every time.
0: It's not a pile-on at all. If you've got to keep making these type of decisions, of course you just open yourself up to opinion. The, opi- the opinion that is out there at the moment is like we're really confused at what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, who you who you bringing back to coach, who you are bringing back to recruit, how you're developing players in the club, why are you letting our best talent go, our homegrown talent go? That's the confusing one. All the all the others I can live with, but stop kicking our best talent out the back door. I did a I did an exercise this morning.
1: Can, can we can we hold it? We can. All right, stay there. And is it, it's around the Warriors and how to get back to the... It is. Okay. Half past seven, here's some news for have for Kabo together with Shaping and Building New, Zeal- uh, New Zealand. Your call's on the other side of this at on 0800 150 811 and Kempe's done an exercise to try and explore how you would climb out of this rut. Back in a minute. <laughs> 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Essie and Denizie and Kempe for breakfast. Louie and Kempe getting you through the AM today. Hey, here's some sports news. What's going on around the traps? And I tell you what, this is probably some of your biggest sports news today. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. And Serena Williams, well, she's suggested that she's probably ready to wind down her career. but Although she's used the term, she will be evolving away from the sport after the U.S. Open. So she's 23-time Grand Slam singles champion, and we know she wants that record so badly off Margaret Court's 24. Could she tie it at the U.S. Open? If she ties it, does that mean she'll only play Grand Slams? Well, she kind of only really does that at the moment anyway. So that is an interesting one to follow. Our black caps, well, tomorrow morning you won't have Izzy and Kempe and Louie because Izzy's in Fiji and the Black Caps are playing the West Indies in the Caribbean. We'll have live commentary of it starting at about half past six in the morning. Tim Southey's back in the squad and he's fired up. The history of the fast bowlers I've had here, it's always nice turning up to the ground. You see in the different ends, name. you've got the Courtney Walsh and the Michael Holding ends here at, in, in Jamaica. and um, Yeah, just the. Growing up watching the West Indian fast bowlers, it's nice to, to come to this part of the world. Saudi's fourth tour of the West Indies, if you want to know how long he's been playing footy for, it's quite incredible how long he's been involved with the club. And speaking of someone who's been involved with the club for a long time, the Black Caps aren't a club, are they? The Warriors are, though. And this was Stacey Jones after the weekend's performance, Gempi.
0: Very, very disappointing. I, I, since I've taken over as in this role, it's probably the most disappointing I've been. You know, from... I thought our, our attitude to defence was terrible. You know, we, we didn't want to get physical with them, and if you allow a team like that to dominate early, um, that's what happens.
1: 25 away from our eight on and off the field. It's a hard watch. It's like a TV series that's just really unraveling in the wrong direction. Sean, you're in Auckland on the Ken Half phone line. What you got, Matt?
2: Yeah, I get it, mate. It's just like just as the, just as the circus keeps on coming to town. I mean, when um, I mean, we're talking now. There's rumours of Papa Lili coming back, and it's just it just goes to show that if you want to become a better player, you've got to leave the system. And, and it's just highlighted again. I mean, for Qatar, the best thing you could ever do was actually go there. But I mean, he he was sort of. I suppose championed is the guy that we were, we, you know, we were going to build the future, you know, the future, the titty and all this sort of stuff. And it's like to let the guy go when he's a young talent and bring the likes of a Barnett in from Newcastle, who look at best is a is probably a reserve grade player. If I'm being really honest with you, um, doesn't doesn't offer any, yeah doesn't offer anything um, like Katoa can potentially. I just I just don't. I'm I'm now at the stage where I don't even ha- have any criticism of the club because it's just become so so standard. That um, you know you couldn't run the club worse, and I, 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 the fact that they can't see, w- which is clearly obvious to the you know just the public and their fans, it's just ridiculous. This club is just running itself into the ground since the owners taken over, and I, 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 don't, I just don't know who's running the asylum.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm I'm trying not to to laugh at La- at at what you're saying because it is becoming laughable. Honestly, the the decision making. Like, your comment here, they go to other clubs to get better. What does that actually say about the club? You know, so let's let's let Chance go, let's let Uzziah go, let's let Elise go, and then we want them back. What it says about the club is that you've got some serious problems when you get these kids into the club. You need to sort out that, not the playing issue. So um, what do you think, Sean, what do you think needs... When do the fans say they've had enough? What do they need to, to see happen?
2: Well, we're too bloody loyal, and you know this. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I've still... People people say... It's, you know, I've got friends that have, have given up on them and say that I need to find a couch to go and sit on because you know, I'm, I'm mentally unable to, to, to realise that it's a lost cause. I honestly believe that that's coming, but... Because we're such loyal and a lot of us are working class of people and, you know, we're mm. so loyal. I mean, I mean, and the thing is, you can imagine what a warrior, a successful warrior side would be oh. like. I mean, I, I, I was brought up at rugby, to be honest. I've always followed league, but I never played league. But I fell in love with the game just purely because I found the simplicity was something that I really liked. And, and rugby, there's more time, you know, without the ball than there is with the ball. I like the fact that, you know, it was your ball's in play. and, and, and like I, So I'm, I'm not someone that's been brought up with league, you um, but, but you know, for these poor people that have, they don't know they don't probably have any options. So, but, look, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what they're going to do because we've been through this road before, but this is by far, and I mean by far, and we've had some pretty low times, this is far the, the worst state this club's ever been in. There's no development. Um, I mean, we've always struggled getting good recruitment here. We've always struggled to identify the guys we need to keep. But, but I mean, to let Katoa go, when, when they're, they're now saying they can't get Australian talent, just doesn't make any sense to me. And then we've pulled the side up with second rowers, as it is. And you
5: know,
2: the, I, I, I just don't see there's, there's no strategy to any of the recruitment that they do. It's like they pick the best player, it doesn't matter a relative of position. They don't actually have a, have a game plan. I mean, if you talk about anyone that runs any business, you've got you've got to have some some form of direction to, to what what style of footy or whatever you want to play. And we, we're just absolutely rudderless. We just you know we, we pick. It, I mean, next year I don't know how many second rowers we've got coming. Um, we actually don't need another one, but that, that, that would be the last guy I'd let go, purely because he's a Zealander, purely because he's young, and purely because, you know, he he wouldn't be costing a lot on the salary cap. It just doesn't make sense. So,
1: They are rudderless. Sean, that's probably the one let's that's... Cut, come, let's
0: cut that and put that in a podcast, Kiz.
1: Put, put it up. That Put that is, up. That, that is, is
0: really, really good.
1: Post it to them in a tape. That is the exasperation of diehard Warriors fans. They're loyal, working-class people, but this is as bad as the state it's been in. And then, Kempe, <laughs> you get texts like this one. We have had the best recruitment year in the history for next year, arguably. Four current or ex-international players, plus Metcalf and Barnett.
0: Warriors will be fine. If we get Papali'i, even better. Up the waas. Well, you had Papali'i. <laughs> That's, that we're not talking about getting Papa Lee. What we what we're saying is, we had Papa Lee, we had Chance Nicole uh, clockstead and Metcalf. Where is he? If he's that good, where is he? Seriously, these these players that are so good that are coming to the club, where are they? Grant from Christchurch here. Morning, lads. The reason
1: the Warriors lose or get rid of young Kiwi talent is they don't have the skills to develop them. When the Kiwi team played, really highlighted the fact that all of those lads in the team had to leave the shores to develop their game and better systems and structures. The amount or just about complete lack of Warriors in that team does truly show where the Warriors are at the becoming forgotten Kempe. I didn't know you who were operating a burner phone like his. no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly Grant, right. Is Grant your middle name? No, that's no, that, that text, we've been talking about that, and the Kiwi team, uh, I reckon, is a great measure this year. A great measure, you're right. No Warriors players in there. Dallin was 18th man. Um, you got to remember he was Kiwi captain, so he's one of Madge's favourite, and probably the only reason why he got that 18th man position. Uh, but the Warriors... The, development and bringing players through there just isn't anybody and, and the comment about, you're telling us we've got to go to Aussie to get players, well if you go to Aussie to get players, don't kick the ones out of New Zealand back to Aussie, you're, you're actually self prophesizing that, that problem.
1: It's a vicious cycle 19 away from 8, Kempy's going to give us his strategy on what he'd do up after this, You listen, to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast 0800 150 811, anybody else like Sean, give us a call This
4: is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ
1: 14 minutes away from 8 o'clock, Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Right, now, I want to know what you would do to get the Warriors out of this uncomfortable position. Chris says, I think the Warriors are comfortable finishing outside the top. Hey, the only way the teams like the Warriors will change if they are in danger of getting relegated to a second division, which doesn't exist. I actually wonder if the Warriors in New Zealand is the second division. Kempi, before the show, you were throwing some
0: theories around. Yeah, look, I, look. I think you know they need a reset. You know, apart from a lot of things that need to happen, I think the first thing that they could do is really build on their cultural culture here in New Zealand and get the young kids to want to be part of the Warriors. They, you know, the young Polynesian boys. Uh, you know, they've got this branding around a warrior face on their jersey and and you know use Ngati Fatua to to. Um, poor them back into the country when they go, but I don't think they really understand the significance of that and I think if they built on that, we would build a really good development model um, but first and foremost, they need to do that because they don't understand it, they don't understand the significance, they don't understand what it will bring but after doing that, then I would I would basically reset the team and I would look at these positions, 1, 6 7, 9 and 13 and, and I've spent some time yesterday thinking well, who would I go after? The first person i go after would be uh, there'd be two players, I'd go straight to Penrith and I'd go to Fisher Harris, um, James Fisher Harris, who's a northern boy, and bring him home and I'd bring try and bring Dylan Edwards back with him, uh, who would be on less money. He, he's in that fullback position where they're paid the most, but he's probably the best fullback running around on the least money. And I would try and convince him to come back. I would then go to Brandon Smith and I'd tell him that we're building a team around him and try and get him out of his, his Sydney City deal. This um, by the way, is all for 2024. 24, um, 23 being a season that you'd have to go through. Um, and I would say to Brandon, like, Captain, we're building a team around you. We're looking at bringing Fisher-Harris, Dylan Edwards here in, in, in these positions. But we're also, to fix up your spine, I'm going to go and try and get Nico Hines and Jack White in six and seven. Now, they're not the flashiest players in the competition, but they know how to win. They're competitors, And when you're signing, if you look at the players historically that have filled those positions, when you go, I would I would then release Fenora Blake, I would then release Sean Johnson, um, I would probably let uh, Torhu go if he wanted to, and then I'd look at filling the rest of those spots with local talent, and I'd bring. See, one of the one of the things that people don't understand here in the country is that middle players are are bucket with there's bucket loads of them in this country. All right, and and every other NRL comes here and picks those up. So I would build this development model to fill the spots in and around those players. Yeah, but Kimpy,
1: everyone, and like I appreciate you, yeah, I appreciate the amount of thought you've put into this. And I think nobody's going to argue with you about the talent you've identified. But what people will say is, how on earth would you ever convince James Fisher Harris, Brandon Smith to come home to this rabble? while while Cameron George is the CEO and the club has this track record, and Mark Robinson's the owner. And this is going back to that conversation. The only thing that we, the only way to get out is if the club changes
0: ownership hands because why would those players ever come back yet? Yeah, and you're probably right. And you're probably right, you know, but in 2024, you probably will have a new owner. Right. You know what I mean? I'm Seriously, I think, I think there is a new owner coming. I do. But like, my heart of heart says, I think that there's a new owner coming. I think it's probably not what he thought it was. And what I'm seeing play out in the, in the, in the sector, especially in the Warriors, um, in this decision making, is I can get, I can tell you, they got no idea what they're doing. Seriously, they can phone me, Cameron. You can phone me, but the decision making around this is honestly, it's it's flab, flabbergast, it's flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted by some of the decisions you make. Why did you let that kid go in the first place? But if you're looking at it well, I think you know why they let him go, Kimpi. They don't think he's good enough. Look, there's a texter here saying, well, uh, you, I think, Kempe, well, you should think, rethink what you're saying because we're getting Isaiah Os- 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 Papali. You're not listening to the point. The point is you had him. You've got to stop releasing them. Got, it's like a, it's like you're going marlin fishing. You've got the biggest marlin on your line and you, you finally got him and you tag him and release him. Right.
1: Look, I, I hear you loud and clear. I just don't know...
0: I I don't because
1: like if you when I think the club needs to change hands, but when a club changes hands or when a sports franchise's claim changes hands, a reset gets hit that takes a club back five ten years automatically. So the twenty twenty four and I know I I don't think you genuinely think this is realistic, right? Well, this under the current structure, this isn't realistic. But there's not enough time to change the hand to get these players. But what I think is, who's the next James Fisher Harris? who's the next brandon smith that's who you need to be targeting and i kind of think that's where your sentiment is so the first
0: so so the first thing i i done was i'd reviewed like the the like my career the career of the warriors the career of the best teams that have run around and come up with the the five best positions that teams have been built around now people say it's your spine but i also think it's your mid, one of your middle forwards now if you look at tower and Nico, for instance when he went to melbourne Okay, playing out of that loose forward position. Um, if you look at Kevin Campion when he came to the Warriors, Kevin, Kevin Campion, ring in wet was 94 kilos, played like he was a king, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more around the position position, and then putting the names in them and then building the development model around it and then continually filling those. So when you're saying, okay, James Fisher-Harris, who's next? But you should be able to walk into a room and say, well, this kid's the next one. Okay, he's coming off and he's going to fill that spot for, for James Fisher-Harris. That's called development. And when the time is right, we're going to push him in there and James Fisher-Harris is going to go and finish his career off in England.
1: And but, that's, that's, you're right. That's exactly what I was saying, that, And
0: that's what should happen. But, mate, this is what we should be thinking to, to get it done under the current environment. I don't think so. And I and I just I, sometimes I've questioned, well, I am questioning their decisions a lot. They're not, I think they've taken the expert tad, Tag in the NRL a bit seriously, these fellas, and they need some more help.
1: Hi, Louis and Kempe. If South Africa played rugby league, they'd be bloody hard to beat. I don't. Why don't the Warriors try to target some young South Africans, Glenn? Glenn, honestly, not even the stupidest thing I've heard in the last six months about the Warriors. Seven away from eight. Back after this with more of your messages on double eight, double three
2: with 10% off the Musashi range. Only at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Hey,
1: Grant's messaged Kempy and said, do you reckon when Hutchie and the Nuggets win the basketball this weekend, he can buy the Warriors with the prize money? Well, maybe, maybe, Grant. I don't mind that. Here's a text for you, Kempe. We'd love to hear your opinion on the Warriors in regards to if they were a Sydney-based club, would the pressure be more intense as to what it's them bringing, being a New Zealand-based club? As it seems, we avoid the harsher criticism. The other Sydney clubs seem to get right Read the Tigers you could argue they have been a better team in the past five years. Yet we hear how much of a circus that club is, the Tigers. But hardly hear about the Aussie-based media bashing the Warriors. Seems to be no accountability at the club, and it starts from the top. Rudderless sums them up perfectly.
0: Yeah, look, I, I think they, I think the Warriors cop their fair share of criticism. Obviously, they don't cop it in Sydney because um, there's a number of Sydney teams, and Brisbane have got the got the Broncos and the Titans. So. Um, Melbourne get no, no media down there because of AFL and then the New Zealand have the New Zealand Herald and, and people like us talking about it and, and having opinion pieces so I don't think it's, it's you know apples for apples um, but I think they cop with their fair amount Here's one from Richard How has the CEO moved
1: on? Members of the board right? Is it by the owner? The owner can only be moved on if he wants to go Would that be correct?
0: 100% It's basically when, it's totally different when you own the club
1: Hmm. the club Oranges, apples, pears Joe, all the fruit you could be eating Coming up to 8 o'clock Off to get a McCafe coffee And then we're going to catch up with Trevor McEwen Who has been CEO of the Warriors Apples and apples, there you go Here's Aroha with the news for converted Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa <laughs> CNZ, four minutes past 8 a.m. on your winter Wednesday, 10th of August. Gee whiz, spring is in the air. La Creek, back at the trials yesterday at Cambridge, more like La Freak. La Freak. She's going to win some big races this year. I can't wait for spring racing. Racing at Rickett, and today, Kempi, we're talking all things. Warriors and All Blacks, New Zealand rugby, at the minute, but in the forefront of our minds, and Kerry from Fonganui has come through with his prayers and thoughts to Taiki Yanagida's family. Uh, tragic news yesterday that he did not make it through after being on life support after a terrible fall, suffered some oh, really horrific head and spinal injuries, and been in Waikato Hospital. The life support was turned off yesterday with his mother and sister next to him, and as we've mentioned multiple times, we're just thinking of everyone in the racing industry today and for the next wee while, especially Taiki's family and close friends. Justin Nelson though, to start the Our Last Hour, kempy. a bit of hoops, you're defiant and your Taranaki ears are going to win the sales NBL take?
0: Well, I'm supporting them yeah, 100%, I think they got a decent chance, you know, after being written off at the beginning of the year by Israel Dagg and he said that there's no chance. So, mate, I think they got a decent chance.
1: Mm, well, we'll see how the Otago Nuggets go tonight. Um, I know Kez and Joe are going to be there. I might even take a little trip down over to the North Shore myself. Love some hoops. And then Friday night, well, tomorrow night, Friday night, it's Saturday night, the competition is running hot, as is the text machine on the Warriors. And we'll get to all your messages, Kevin, Brian. Marcus, Steve, we'll get to them. Be patient, but right now we've been teasing it all morning. He used to be CEO of the club. Actually, he was actually a boss of mine. I think one part, one point of time as well at NZME. Um, Trevor McEwen, good mate of yours, Kimpy. Apparently,
0: yeah. apparently shreds. And shreds. Yeah, he'd love to hear that too. Oh, Trevor the shredder. <laughs> He's joined, He joins us on the line too to, uh, this morning. He's been the everywhere man, Trevor uh, McEwen and he's been kind enough to join, kind enough to join us on the Is and Kempi for breakfast. So um, good morning, Trevor. How are you, mate? Have you just hopped out of the water?
8: Um, no, I haven't, mate. I was out at Pihar yesterday. Got a, got a bit of a thrashing out here as you tend to, on the West Coast. You know that well, my friend, and... Uh, and Louie, good to talk to you again, mate. Um, I hope you've improved your work habits
0: from your of me days. <laughs> no, uh, he has, Trevor. He's here every morning, oh, working d- hard. D- 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 debatable. No,
1: of course I have, Trevor. Great to have you on, mate. Um, gee, there's a lot. There's a lot to go on uh, about at the moment. I guess from your point of view, you've had experience in a few different industries, but especially around sports and media at the moment, the last wee while, Com Games, All Blacks Warriors, How, as a punter, kind of more on the sidelines, how do you kind of consume it all? Do you love it? Do you love following along or do you try to keep away from it? Um, no,
8: I, I, I love certain aspects of it, Louis. I mean, I'm really intrigued by the business of sport and how, how, how sport is evolving and you know, the changes that are now happening in broadcasting and the, and the way that fans now want to engage and consume. Other parts but not so much. I, You know, I've... Um, I hate to say it, but I've kind of slowly fallen out of love with rugby. Not watching anywhere near as much rugby as I used to watch. Still love my rugby league, um, you know. Having my time in Australia, a bit like Kiwi, uh, leagues my leagues my will always be my my uh, favourite code to watch. So, uh, so I am enjoying the NRL. Um, and of course, there's no shortage of um, controversy. It's like one week it's the pride thing. This week it's it's Ricky Stewart It's uh, it's incredible how that um, competition just slides on controversy.
0: Yeah, let's let's start to unpack that, Trev. Let's let's start with you falling out of love of watching rugby. What, what do you think um, the NZR are, are up to at the moment, as far as you know this this media silence that's going on? Yeah,
8: look, that is concerning. I mean. Um, I mean, I've, I've kept an eye on the game, um, uh, Kenby, as a as a fan, a administrator, sports writer, various roles for you know over 50 years now, and and and, and this isn't an hyperbole when I say this. I, I, you know, I, I think the game's facing um, facing its greatest challenges I've ever seen, and and um, I, I, I I sort of genuinely fear for what the future's going to hold for rugby in, 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 in certain areas, and I think that. At the moment, the discontent around the, um, the coaching and everything that's going on, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I feel that New Zealand rugby have got some major, major issues that just go well beyond the All Blacks. And real courage is needed now to effectively, completely change the way that the team is uh, approached here in terms of competitions, in terms of contracting. There are far bigger problems than Ian Foster, um, put it that way, and, and and they've got to have the courage to take them on. And I'm not sure that I'm necessarily seeing that de- decisiveness and that um, clarity of thought uh, amongst uh, the current administration.
0: Yeah, so so just talk a little bit more about that, Trevor. What what sort of changes are you, are you talking about and, and who needs to make those courageous decisions? Is it the current... Uh, board that's in there, or do we need to see changes at the top before these decisions get made?
8: Well, I think the problem is, uh, I mean, if if you kind of look at it in the first 25-year block of professional rugby camp, so from 1995 on with the Super League, but um, forced rugby to go professional, um, there were some things that were done at that time that turned out to be quite inspiring. Um, Central contracting, um, you know, so the rugby union, the national body contracted the players, and then effectively farm them out to the Super Rugby franchises, um, and and the franchise and the Super Rugby competition was powerful back then. It, it, it actually did achieve tribalism, um, and then they began tinkling with it, um, effectively because the All Blacks became the be all the end all. Uh, it became a period um, that started probably ten years ago, with Super Rugby, where it Rather rapidly degenerated from being the the best um, franchise or club competition, however you want to describe it, in the world, clearly the best, um, to just being treated as a a breeding ground for All Blacks and a plaything. So you had um, All Black coaches of the past um, telling uh, Super Rugby uh, franchises when they could play um, their players, playing them out of position, which obviously this guy playing at fullback. and then we had the whole situation of sabbaticals coming in. So one year, I mean, it's very hard to create tribalism in a competition when you don't know if your star player is going to be there for next year. Is it going to be off to Japan pocketing some money because the rugby union are so paranoid about letting players play for overseas clubs um, that they uh, are trying to let them earn as much money as they can out of New Zealand. But that actually includes them you know, going out of New Zealand. Uh, you know, who knows what Patrick uh, uh presence this year and might—you know—would that have made a difference? Um, Blue? would they be able to tick on a, a year later? Um, so the moment they started doing that, they killed off tribalism and, and super rugby, and and it's just got degenerated massively. Um, so you, you've now got a situation where fans aren't engaged with super rugby because um, it's. For a start, but it's not a it's not a 365 uh, days a year uh, product you can interact with. It doesn't have um, uh, things like a draft or something that the, that fans can engage in. Um, effectively, all all Super Rugby fans uh, about eight weeks ago were asked to just bring their engagement, and you know, we'll come back to it in, uh, in late January, folks. We we can't do that, you know. The NRL is a, is a product, it's a it's competition that consumes the fans all year. The Premier League is, the NBA is. Um We haven't done that with Super Rugby. We've killed off Super Rugby and the, and the result is being that we've killed off young fans coming on board because there's no tribalism. There are now more players, young players, uh, secondary school players playing basketball than playing, than playing rugby. And as for Rugby League, don't get me started on that, typically on the on your where yeah, The pathways are uh, absolute bloody nonsense. Um, and, and the pathway now to Rugby League is, um, in this country, a signing for the Storm or the Panthers or, or, or uh, Parramatta. It's not, uh, you know, you stay a million miles away from the Warriors. But, uh, but I am uh, I digress. Going back to, um, to Rugby, simple central contract is not working any longer. Um, this obsession with don't let them go overseas, well... You know, um, what's the problem with an all vac wage being paid paid for by Coulomb? So the rugby union doesn't have to pay for it. What you know, this this, this rubbish we've been served under Hansen and Henry that, you know, we've got to keep them here and or we lose control. Well, how's it worked out for South Africa? Now last time I looked, they picked their players from all around the world. Um, you know, and, and they've won the World Cup and they certainly had our measure last weekend and they will again this week, you know. Um there's things we need to get back to fixing super rugby. We need to get back to creating a competition that is like the NRL, um, uh, that runs for much longer, that people engage with, that our kids, uh, our teenagers that are interested in the sport and bond with, present it in a way, um, loosen up things on the players, let the players have their own image rights, let them uh, wear their numbers on their back, let them be an individual, let, you know, let them... Uh, it be like the NBA does, so that we can get engagement. We're not doing any of that, and I, I, think what needs to actually happen here is is the loosening of the um, of uh, the national body's control. Um, uh, you know, get a proper super rugby competition going properly. I mean, it's not. You know, I, I don't understand why we have to be so obsessed with with. Um, with keeping the players in New Zealand. Um, those days are gone. It served us well for a period of time. It's not serving us well now. We need to loosen those three. We need to change. I, I I don't know, if I was silver lake I'd be looking at this and going, mm, what are we bought into here? Because but does the rugby union have the courage to do that? Um I'm not sure that they do, um, and that's just one of their problems. You know, before we even get to the whole concussion thing, thing, which we should discuss it mm. at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't know that. Uh, you know, like I said, the impostors kind of only almost the least of their problems. There's, there's the whole thing needs to be turned on its head.
0: Yeah, look, I look, like I get that, and love the love the way that you've put that out there, especially around this the central model of of control. Uh, Trevor, we we see that I think uh, probably part of their own success is having administrators now that are saying that they basically know best because they've been the best for so long and been found out at the moment. Let's change tack here and go to the Warriors, Trevor. You've you've worked in there, you've been the CEO and I know that you're a mad um, league man. What do you take Around what's going on at the Warriors at the moment, you know, here we are losing another good young talent locally, and we know about the development model stuff here in the in the country. Um, but what do you make of all the changes in, in the year that the Warriors had so far? We've Matt Lodge has packed up, and not come back to to New Zealand. We've had Euron Aiken say the same thing. We've lost the head coach. Stasis picked that up. We've hired, rehired two assistant coaches. And now we're looking at losing our, our our talent. Something seems to happen every week. What's your take on it?
8: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a concern. We just seem to be scrambling around. It, it, it appears from the outside to be very ad hoc, um, Champion. And, 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 and
5: you
8: know, it's, it's a tough. I mean, you've been in there. You, you know that um, the Warriors are up against it from day one. And in my view, they never really had the had the correct donor and that's been one of the, the challenges as to you know people say to me why, why couldn't it be, be like melbourne well you know you take news limited as your funder with all the grunt and power and whatnot including sitting you know, on salary cap for a few years um you know we haven't had the right owner that's a problem um our pathways are probably the worst they've ever had and i think that's the main thing that concerns me thinking you know. I'd say back in your day, um, and certainly back in my day, late 90s, you could still persuade the up-and-coming um, young players to come to the Warriors. And and I think of the, you know, the, the great platform that Mark Graham laid for Daniel Anderson and signing players like Chris and Torpy, um, uh, Francis Miller, Henry Fafi-Yumi, uh, uh, Paul Takuira, Sontayn Harpy. Uh, the list goes on, as well as uh, giving a uh, first grade experience uh, regularly to the Montevideo and to the very serious series the Arigatitis um and even in, in your time I think you would agree that if you if were a good young kid coming through at Odulu or or, uh, or one of the other clubs um and you wouldn't knocked on your door you could get them to come to the Warriors that's changed now um, um and that concerns me because Right through our history we've only ever been able to get killing and Australia with the great Australian players. With the greatest respect to them we've had some absolute beauties. Um Kevin Campion, um, Jason Lee, um, some of these players. But they tended to be they're not the superstars, so that hasn't changed. We're still giving in some really good Australian players and you know, you look at Josh Cullen and some of the others, but so the fact that so many of the players now, young players coming through, are just they won't go near the Warriors. Um, you know, they, they, you, you've, you've been you've run correctly for some time now that there's um, two to three hundred young um, teenagers departing New Zealand um, and, and, and heading over to the, the to either the rugby school nurseries over there, like Keeper Park on the Gold Coast, or or going to proven development clubs like the Storm, Parramatta, Penrith. And that's really now the the, um, the, the the pathway. So that concerns me. I think, and that uh, allied with the fact that the teams change so dramatically now, can you know, like, not just for the Warriors, you know, like, to, to see players just flipping from club to club during the season, whether it's Matt Lodge, Cody Nicarima, um, uh, uh, the West Tigers guys... Um, it, it great on me of watching it as, as, as a fan, and and the fact that, you know, it used to be that you signed a guy for three years, he could do for three years, regardless of whether he performed or didn't perform, I those contracts. and I, I think the fans, judging from what I'm reading on social media comments, that's become a real issue, is that... I mean the team next year is, you know, just being a parting resemblance to this one in terms of the amount of people going in and out the, the exit door, but it's like that, that, that exit door stays open all season. You, you don't get to bond with the players, you don't get to um you know, as a team to really um feel that they're committed here and whatnot. And I, I think that's the biggest problem it is it is um yeah, and plus plus the fact that we're not developing the, the you know the of this world and pepper and then we're seeing them go and go across to Parramatta and you know I think uh, you know, the Storm will do, a, will do a great job with it withemp with um and that will just rub it in and mm. I think that's that's the challenge plus I also think that kids um, it used to be possible in you know that you could be wooden spooner one year and in the top four the next um, I think
5: there's a concern
8: for me that we're developing the haves and have-nots in the, um, in, in the NRL. And despite the salary cap and, and all that type of thing, you know, there are, there are four clubs that are always going to be there in the top eight every year. You know that. And you now you're emerging a bottom layer of three or four clubs. Um, Gold Coast, Newcastle, the Warriors, um, you know, the Kensky, the Bulldogs, although they're starting to show some signs. Um, and, and it's almost like you can predict yearly they're gonna be down around the, the, the foot of the table. But yeah, and that's despite a comp having, you know, a lot of equalising factors. Um, you know, do we need a draft? I don't know. I think the NRL have got to wake up um to um fixing the game in New Zealand because they they have a stated public puppet, publicly stated plan to tap into the Polynesian um and Papiha um, uh, playing base here and, and, and to trying to you know Get rugby right, wallets down and win the affection of fans, and, and that's all quite possible. But not if they don't start looking at how, how do you fix the Warriors permanently? How do you remove those barriers that are going to continue to make them a, a bottom four club on a regular basis? Because if that happens, um, uh, they don't know. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's right, Trev. Hey. um... I like the NRL stuff. Like the, the at the forefront is the NRL. I think before anything changes, the NRL will need to do something drastically to keep our talent here in New Zealand. Thanks for joining us this morning, Trevon SCNZ. Um, great to talk to you. Good good knowledge about rugby, especially what NZR need to do and the central contracting. And we know at the Warriors, mate, that there's some big issues there that we need to sort out. Hopefully, they can sort it out, mate. Jump in that water, go and get some waves. Enjoy your weekend. I'll, I'll see you out at Maribyrnong. <laughs> Love it, mate. See
1: you there, <laughs> Trevor the Shooter. Trevor McEwen, former CEO of the Warriors. Uh, he's been in sports media for a long time. Dialed in. Uh, apologies for the phone line there. Maybe he took his phone surfing with him yesterday out of Moldy Bay. <laughs> hey, um,
0: he's he's really good to talk to, Trevor. You know, like cause he's been there, and he's been in a, a number of those positions, and especially uh, has a, a wonderful mind when it comes to talking about sport and what's happening all around the sport. You know, like one of the points he makes there, Louis, around the NRL. We can talk about the Warriors till the cows come home, yeah, and about development model and all that sort of stuff. And I've said this to Cameron George. The first thing you need to do is you need to go to the NRL, and you need to stop him and get him to stop all the other clubs coming here and taking our players. And I gave him an example about Ando for, for Sydney City. So Ando comes into New Zealand, okay, and, and I've got nothing against Ando. We, we coach together and all this stuff. But what I have got a problem with, and he knows this because we we coach the Warriors, is coming and stealing our talent, So he runs at Allersley, which is on the back door of the Warriors, coaching clinics with our best kids, and uses our ex-Warriors to get him. He's got, you know, I'm not going to name these players, but they know who they are, to coach these kids to send them to Sydney City. Now, if the Warriors can't go and tell the NRL to get Daniel Anderson and go and do it up in Townsville and stay out of New Zealand, then you're not fixing the problem. And that's the problem with development. It's got to start with the NRL. They need to start putting... You know, you know how, they, how they're how saying we want to thank you very much for keeping the competition alive well go back to them and say I'll tell you what, what we want you to do, we don't want no money we don't want any, no competition points we want you to keep 15 franchises out of New Zealand and we get the talent
1: 24 minutes past 8 o'clock here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, that was Trevor McHugh and if you missed it head to our podcast channels and catch up some great reckons on the All Blacks New Zealand Rugby but also the Warriors, former CEO back in a minute with some of your messages, very passionate on this <laughs> Busy and Kempi for breakfast. We are 29 minutes past 8 o'clock this morning. Kempi has said before Warriors had it all with Johnny Acklin and his championship winning juniors. You don't let people like him just disappear. Have someone at the top who knows what it's all about, not a guesser. Give Webster an open recruitment ticket like you're saying. The top two are your problem, even from Titarangi.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, look, I I probably would have no problem talking... um, to experts about any field but I, I seriously struggle to think that these two in um, the CEO and the owner's seats actually know a hell of a lot about rugby league uh, not that they won't get there but currently the decisions I don't think they, they have the right people around them helping them make those decisions.
1: Hey, Kempia, I agree with bringing Fisher-Harris and Brandon Smith back to the Warriors, but what about bringing Dylan Brown and Jerome Hughes in to play on the half? Then so maybe Joseph Manu was a strike centre. Yeah, we have it's the great. whole
0: Kiwi team here, if you can. And I, I'm we're talking about Joey, Mun, Joey Manu, who would be the first bloke. But, Joe, what I tried to do when I was talking about those players was look at the salary cap to see... Because you, what you've got to do is you've got to mix and match. You can't go, well, I'm going to have a million-dollar, 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 million-dollar player. So, you can't have them all. That's Good. why it's a salary cap. And we heard our, our basketball mate say that. That's what works. Yeah, although I did check, James Fisher
1: Harris has currently been paid more than $700,000 a year. He's on, and they reckon that he is a million dollar player in the waiting. I uh, checked that from that Sydney Morning Herald article. Um. Good morning, men. I can't see why any player would want to come to Auckland and the Warriors. Can you tell me what would appeal to any prospective player? What would it be? Absolutely none, in my opinion. That's pretty ruthless from Brian.
0: Yeah, and. Again, that's you know, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that need to come together. We just spoke about one with the NRL and the development um, issues that we have, and then playing their part. Then you've got to talk about the DNA of the club and resetting that. Probably, probably, Ridgie had the most common sense was get a broom in there and put it through it. You know, start again, reset. I completely agree. Twenty eight away from nine. Let's get to Paulie Mawadi,
1: tab.co.nz, and just a wee bit here's Aradhana with the news for Kubota together with shaping and building New Zealand. <laughs> A C and Z, that is- 25 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. We're going to hear some audio from Sam Kane in just a wee bit. He has fronted media overnight in South Africa as they look to rectify their torrid start to the rugby championship. And actually, let's admit it, the year. Let's do some sports headlines. Thanks to Gull following, sorry, fueling your mission all year round. Kempi, breaking news, the Telegraph reporting that Cam Smith has signed, it's done, and he'll be playing his first LIV event in Boston at the start of September for a, a deal around $100 million. Well done, Cam. Don't worry, the message is already out to Pinners, and if he's listening, reply. Open your WhatsApp app. Come on, Pinners, get on the line, mate. Pinnors. Uh 10%. 10%, 10% Pinners. Serena Williams. Well done. What are you, a, a jockey, a trainer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry I forget you get mates rates with Al Sharrick. Uh Serena Williams is looking to retire very shortly she's starting to evolve away from tennis she's said and that's fair enough she's had an amazing career but she is still off Margaret Court's record and right now tab.co.nz download the TAB app today to go and find out all of your odds we've got Paulie Mwadi from the party a little bit later than usual sorry Paulie you're running a little bit behind today what you got going on mate
6: well, I guess you've got plenty to talk about, but um, down to Ricketon Park, where we've got a Ricketon Park synthetic meeting, except for Race 7, which is the Hospitality New Zealand Canterbury Grand National Hurdle. Um, and it looks like Dummy Miles has got a few runners in here that are a, a big, big chance. I can let you know. The best back so far has been number five, Intellectus, $4 into 360 Also had money for number two, Happy Star. Uh, 480 into 320. Of course, both of those out of the Kevin Myers barn. But there's one down the page, a wee bit of specking going on. Number nine, Dal Kilchon. 26 into $14. That's the third best back runner in the Grand National Hurdles today. So the Mark Olligan train, Dal Kilchone, 26 into $14. There's been a bit of cash come its way. And because it's Grand National Hurdle Day, we've got a bonus back promotion on races one and two at Rickerton Park Synthetic today. I can tell you in race two, the best back, top of the page there, Packing Tabby, 380, solid there. Second best back, though, uh, the Lance Robertson-trained Devil in Disguise, written by Michael McNabb, uh, that's paying $7. So Packing Tabby, the favourite, taking action there, but second best back in race two, Devil in Disguise, $7.00.
1: Beautiful, Paulie, and we had a text from Michael saying, "What about the odds for the uh, Auckland uh, game, the NPC game tonight?" And I think they were shortish favourites, weren't they?
6: They're a dollar thirty Auckland, Manawatu, two, three dollars and seventy cents. The draws at twenty-one dollars, and of course the two big uh, elimination playoff matches tonight in the sales NBL. Your Senz, Otago Nuggets, yes. currently a dollar sixty-five up against the Hawks Bay Hawks at two dollars and ten cents. And the Wellington Saints, who have come from nowhere, they're in, there in the mix. They're at $1.22 to beat the Auckland Tuatara at $3.80, of course. The Taranaki Ears and the Nelson Giants waiting for the winners of both those matches.
1: Download the TAB app today. Paulie Moati, the party, there you go, coming to you with your TAB live update this morning. Kimpi, I'll through some text here. Guys, we had the whole Kiwi team at the Warriors one point, but Kearney couldn't get it done. Oh, what you'd
0: do to have those days back. Yep. Nick P. Yep, good good call, Nick. Uh, obviously developing talent. We still, we're slowly just eroding that uh, that Kiwi team. Coming from these shores and being playing and and being coming out of the Warriors, are we not doing what Ando does? Why don't we hold coaching clinics with
1: past players? Surely Craig and New Plymouth and in this text, I don't think you can keep other NRL ke- clubs out of NZ Kiwi. That would only deprive kids of opportunities. Because let's be honest, the Warriors aren't providing them. Why don't the NZRL pull their finger out and end? of each year run a week-long combine. No other clubs can talk to players until the Warriors have had their first dip at them. Kids still get opportunities, and the Warriors would then have no one to blame but themselves for lost
0: players. That's from Chris. Yeah, and and makes a lot of sense, Chris. You know, like, the national body don't know what they're doing. Um, they don't create pathways of any substance uh, that assist the Warriors, and that's a massive issue, and the Warriors will tell you that. Um, but the, the problem that we have is, is that they just come in free of free will. The, the NRL clubs and take what they what they want we need to be the club of choice in New, in New Zealand but at the moment and I think Trevor touched on it the kids don't want to come to the Warriors. you know we 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 need to make it so they don't want to travel overseas all of the solutions we lob out and every theory we throw out is
1: for a 10-year fix like let's not pretend I know you for your um, thought exercise you had 2024 markdown but we're not deluded don't no, worry no like I spend three hours five hours a day with Kempi. he's actually not deluded don't worry I just <laughs> I waved the finger in front of his eyes and we get it this is a we're talking about the next gen the Warriors have released plenty of players over the years all have potential but not have all have gone on to be stars. Sometimes it takes time for a different environment for consistency to surface with any career. Could the Warriors be what better? Yes, of course. Will Katoa become a star? Maybe. Or maybe he'll be found out as someone who had potential but never got there like many others before him. Only time will tell. Mm. Can what? I Can I just... Uh, should we play Joel and Fletch? Yeah.
6: Our man who we have been waxing lyrically.
0: You have. Ellie Katoa. Where's signed he? by who? Where's he going? Who's the most... Uh, Prudent when it comes to signing teams, players.
2: Don't say the Storm.
0: Yep. Oh. Ellie Katoa. Oh. Great signing. Well done to the Melbourne Storm. I'm even going to go further. Yep.
2: I'm going to say that he will be better
0: than Felice.
6: No question, No further question, you're on Like, a he, he will... Because yep. he's got the size, he's got the he's skill. A gun, he's, he's a gun, Brian. He's a gun.
0: gun. <laughs> rubbing, rubbing our noses in it. And that's what I'm... That's what I'm... I'm... I'm not saying that you can stop the NRL from coming to town. You can't stop that wagon coming from, t- from town. We actually create opportunities for them to come to town. We don't create pathways for them to come to town. We create events for them to come to town so that they can just pillage the ranks of New Zealand talent. And what they do is they do what Sugar and Fletch do. They laugh at us because we allow it to happen. Someone needs to stand up. You know, and if you're not and if you're not willing to stand up and take them on. Then sit down, get out. Tim says, "Hi guys, Warriors
1: should target ten top teenagers in New Zealand, get them a house in Sydney, put them into a top Sydney league school, full of scholarship." Well, that wouldn't necessarily fix. But, but the- here's my
0: problem, Here, guys. You're not listening, okay? It was just one person. I know. I'm no, I'm saying around the whole development. Of course, they sent them to it. We know that we know the model. So they come in the NRL, this, I'll run it through, then the NRL come in, they take them, they put them in the schools, whether it be out at West Sydney or they put them in Kebra High and Brisbane or wherever, and then they filter them through all the development pathways that they have from under-16s, which and Jersey Fleck, Harold Matthews, into their 20s competition, play reserve-grade Queens in New South Wales Cup and then filter into the NRL. Now, we know that. But what we have is we have a national body that does nothing. We have... The Warriors that don't talk to the NRL and stop the other 15 franchises from pillaging. And we have all these other people that say, well, there's nothing else for us to do, so we go and do it. Well, the latter are right. Unless we can fix the other two, we can't stop the third.
1: Yes. I hear you Kempe and I can hear the exasperation as well uh, one last one condolences to Taiki's family he was such a happy bloke you're right he was always smiling my young kids had interactions with him at the races and he was so good to them good news that the bro Michael Walker pulled through his full the hard yep nice message and you're right he is that most happy-go-lucky bloke A lovely guy by all accounts so feeling for everyone uh, reeling after Taiki's sad passing yesterday. It's 17 away from 9. We'll get some comments from Sam Kane in a wee bit. Stay with us, SNZ.
4: You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SNZ.
1: Ooh, Goose says he's reading that Isaiah Papali is signing back with the Warriors. Yeah, they're spruiking it, Goose. They're spruiking it hard. A couple more Warriors texts here we'll get to in a wee bit. But Kempe, I'd like to draw your attention to our... Hey, actually, before we do this, do you think this is a fair headline? I actually think this is a little bit rough. On one of our news websites this morning, there's a headline that reads, Kane Unable. All Black Skipper feels the weight of his nation for box rematch. Kane Unable.
0: <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit rough, isn't it? Or is uh, that fair enough? Yeah, well, that's what I was trying to ask Ollie yesterday. Like, what, what is your, like, you know, I know journalists is that they've got this set of headla- headlines no, they don't, mate. Mate, they do. Don't okay, be a, book, they got a black, It's like a little black book, You're and they fe- go, right. <laughs> you are feeding. I'm just waiting for this one, then I'm going to use it. I reckon that one's been sitting in someone's black book for a while.
1: You're feeding and Abel. the conspiracies about the mainstream <laughs> media,
0: No, I'm right? not. More.
1: I won't have it. Uh, look, Sam Kane in general, he, he gets it. he I think he actually understands his ability. Well, he hasn't been playing his best footy for years now, to be honest. Is he my first pick? open side? No. Would he be my starting side if he a captain? No. So that's my opinion but I understand, I truly believe, Kimpy, that Sam Kane gets the gravity of it. I think he is a good leader I just don't think he's the player he once was and that's got to be a really tough position to be in. So when people ask him what's on the line well, There's a trophy on the line um, we're playing at Alice Park and we're, we're desperate to want to improve and put out better performances than we are so there's um, as much on the line as there's ever been. There you go, he gets it and I think that if you kind of start suggesting to a bloke who's been in South Africa multiple times and he's played at the highest level do you understand what's on the line he's probably going to give you one of those answers like of course I know what's on the line there's a trophy
0: on the line Yeah, of course Mate, everything's on the line who cares about the trophy? (laughs) Just everything to do with the All Blacks they just haven't been in this position before they don't know how to to handle um, mediocrity and they've been that team that really hasn't gone to the heights that we expected, and now they're going, well, how do we handle it? I know for a
1: fact some of the lads in the team punt. They like horse racing. They know what the TAB is. I'm sure they are super aware that they are way outside for the first time in flipping forever. And he understands that the performance isn't good enough as well. Obviously not happy. I and mean, we're disappointed with the results side of things, um,
6: it's not through a lack of trying or effort um, or the work that's going on during the week. So on that side of things, like it's a, it's a, it's a good camp to be involved in because everyone's, you know, got the attitude of, like I say, couldn't ask for anything more in that regard. Um, the frustrating part is that it's not quite translating to the field yet, but um, there's one thing I know, like, as long as we're putting all the right steps in terms of the preparation,
1: um, we'll get there and it'll come.
0: You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Silver Ferns before Nolan took over.
1: Oh, yeah. Not a bad point. They just didn't know where to turn. They were trying. They were training. They had the players coming in and the out. The
0: captain was standing up talking about, we're trying. We're getting there. Remember the tears started to. to...
1: Who was that captain? Was that Casey Frank or was that Katrina, Katrina Kids, Do you remember? Who was captain when just Southby's last year's.
4: Well, unfortunately, Casey Frank played basketball. He's on hoop oh, heads with uh, <laughs> with Justin Nelson. It was Casey Corporal. Gus,
1: Casey Corporal, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was one of the saddest interviews I watched, you know, like I remember watching her give that interview and it was t- it was tough viewing. And it just reminds me a little bit about that same position that the the all blacks are in at the moment before Nolene, you know. And if you think about it, the same thing happened to Nolene. Everyone knew she should have been the, the coach of the of the Silver Ferns. They had to get to that spot before they went, actually, we knew you should have been the, the coach of the Silver Ferns.
5: Yeah,
1: there's, there's, look, there's symmetry for sure, Kimpy. It's a great point. And at the moment, Sam Cain's just going to have to keep getting up there and keep fronting the media and keep saying they're trying and they're preparing and it's coming and it's coming because there's nothing else he can do. Seven and a half away from nine, Smithy, the doyen, he's not far away. <laughs>